Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, everyone. I'm Molly Wood, and welcome to Everybody in the Pool, a show about solutions to the climate crisis and the people who are working on them. This is episode one. Hot damn. Now, if you're not already familiar with me, I was a tech and business journalist for more than 20 years at CNET, The New York Times, Marketplace, on public radio. But even for a tech journalist, the climate crisis got too big to ignore. But I kept hearing about problems and not that much about solutions, and I cannot stand a whiner. So around 2017, I went looking for people who were working on this problem. Entrepreneurs, policymakers, investors, individuals. And it turns out that the climate crisis is the biggest business story of our time, a moral and an economic imperative. It's an opportunity to change everything about how we live, work, shop, do business, and invest. So for today's episode, let's start with investing. Can you start by just telling us your name and who you are and what your company is? Yeah. Name is Daniel Naim, founder and CEO of Fennel Markets. So what we're building at Fennel Markets is a new way to imagine how someone can actually use their investments in this world to have a bigger voice, to affect issues around environmental sustainability around companies, social issues and governance. At its most basic, Fennel Markets is an investment app that lets you buy and sell stocks, learn about the impact of the companies you're investing in, and get informed about your rights as a shareholder. But I hear you going like, come on, Molly, I'm not sleeping in a bed of money here. This is not for me. And that's where I say, quit whining. But also, one of my theories about solving any big problem is that a drop becomes a flood. And the way that people are investing their money is a noticeable set of drops. Here's a little data from MIT. In 2021, according to the SEC, about $2.7 trillion were invested in ESG funds out of a total of $250 trillion invested in public markets globally. ESG stands for Environmental, Social, and Governance. So companies that have some specific focus on sustainability, diversity, treating people well at work, and ethical business practices. And that's not all. There's another half a trillion dollars in green bonds out there. This is debt that you buy a chunk of that goes to finance some kind of climate-friendly project, like a solar farm or an environmental cleanup. And big investors are increasingly dumping fossil fuel stocks from their portfolios. This is called divestment. And there was about $40 trillion worth of that as of last year. Okay, so the idea behind Fennel and some other companies and initiatives is to get more money moving in this direction and create a flood of change. Because I don't know if you've heard this one before, but money talks. And Daniel started realizing this back in 2019 while he was goofing off being like a science genius. Uh, previous to this, I was doing my PhD in physics. I was studying actually dark matter. And I was studying it in the Bay Area. And, you know, the problem that I found was we had this fifth season 
in the Bay Area just called Fire, <laughs> where, you know, we were using N95 masks before it was cool. We'd mm -hmm. go out into the into the summer. You couldn't breathe. You couldn't see the sun most days. And I really started to think, is this what I want to be spending my time working on? You know, do I want to look back in 20 years and not say, okay, I helped the climate issue or I helped, you know, some aspect I did what I could. And so three major things were happening at the time in the world around me that kind of led to thinking about finance, thinking about how can really a collective group of people take action. First, Daniel told me he was noticing Tesla's stock price going bananas. Investors did not care about the finances or the fundamentals of the company. And as Daniel saw it, it's because they were voting for a future with electric vehicles. And when a stock goes that crazy, everybody wants in that pool. All of a sudden, domestic and international policy started to change. So by 2035, only the sale of electric vehicles in both California and New Jersey, similarly in Germany, all the stuff started to happen. And then you had other public companies dumping billions of dollars into the infrastructure around this space. So, you know, me being a physicist, not really thinking about, you know, I kind of went into physics to get away from economics, to get away from the real world to some extent. You just start to think like, okay, capital markets talk. Money money has an impact on society, on politics, on all this stuff. So I thought, you know, I thought that was a very interesting case. So then in 2021, there's a hostile takeover at an oil giant. With this hedge fund called Engine Number no. 1. Their sole intent was to get a company like Exxon to re reduce their carbon emission. And the way that they wanted to do it was by taking over board seats at that company. And they only had a $50 million fund. But they did it. They were successful. They took over four of the 12 board seats of ExxonMobil with the sole intent of reducing carbon emission. And then finally, Daniel says there is a revolution of Reddit investors blowing Wall Street's minds by deciding to invest like crazy in a failing video game retailer. Maybe you heard about this one driving up its stock to unbelievable levels, mainly to stick it to giant hedge funds who were betting on GameStop to fail. This was such a wild ride that it's now a Netflix documentary. And then obviously the last thing was the GameStop movement, where you had, you know, millions of investors coming together collectively to take on a financial institution to create change. And so in my head, I thought, why can't you just, why can't we just put all three of these things together, right? Why can't we have a place where the younger generation and a lot of the older generation too, looks at the way that companies are either polluting or treating their workers or doing whatever and are waiting for politicians to create a change, not knowing that they actually have the power to create that change themselves through their investments. And so that's kind of, that's what led to this. That's, right. you know, that's been kind of my driving ethos. So that ethos became an app called Fennel, which as it happens is launching to the public today. And as I mentioned, at its simplest, it's a mobile investing app that gives you a lot more information about what you're doing than investing apps usually do. For climate purposes, a lot of that comes down to detailed data about a company's practices. We show you from zero to 100, how does this company's environmental standards across XYZ themes rank relative to its peers, okay? But we do one step further in which we show the underlying metrics. So you can come on and say, how many oil spills does this energy company have relative to its peers? Uh, how much carbon emissions does this company have? How much carbon credits does it purchase? What is its energy renewable percentage? X, Y, Z. I mean, we have how much waste do they dump, et cetera. So 
you as an investor can come on and you don't have to look at the greenwashing marketing campaigns that say, hey, we're a jet fuel company that's trying to reduce <laughs> emissions in this space. You can see the numbers and see how they actually stack up against their peers. And once you've done the research... Either you can choose to stay away from this company to divest, which is what I think has been the standard for the past you know, 30 plus years. But a new one that's starting to emerge is actually you can look at, you know, quote unquote, brown companies, companies that you think don't have great environmental sustainable practices, invest in them just to vote, <laughs> just to put votes forward to try to change their environmental practices. I'm going to simplify the mechanism a lot here, but often when you buy and sell stocks, there's a brokerage in between, a middleman. They get a fee or commission to complete trades. Sometimes they sell some information about the flow of orders, order flow, as it's called, for extra revenue. And sometimes when you buy shares through a broker, they can control and even sell the vote that you get as a shareholder. You generally get one vote per share, and it turns out that controlling that vote can be powerful because it can mean a different kind of change from divestment. On the point of divestment, it's, it is very important, but what you've started to find is that divestment no longer has the same signal within the finance community. Mm. They, don't, they don't really, they're not really scared of it. You've seen the kind of the run up on energy and oil companies and the profits that they're making and people still chase the profits. But also, there have been over a hundred percent increase in the amounts of proposals sent forward to companies around environmental, social, and governance standard practices within the past two years. And so, companies are starting to hire people on the board that focus on ESG metrics and their communication. They're starting to hire investor relations teams internally to start to talk about ESG, mm -hmm. and they're starting to implement a lot of these environmental you know, and social changes beyond just greenwashing. And so, you know, I don't think there's any like, I, I think it's just because this movement hasn't really had a, any time yet to mature and to show the results. And I think engine number one and kind of this fight in ExxonMobil is the first meeting to really try to change things internally from the company. So this app tries to make it really obvious what shareholder votes are coming up how you can participate, and how the drop can become a flood. And obviously, this is the kind of thing I'm into because, first of all, a big part of my core thesis here is getting the money involved because I think real lasting change comes from awareness, activism, and economics. And this is a different way to consider, it's a little provocative even, the impact that a small number of votes can have and how the idea of pushing for change from within gives big institutions, you know, the ones everybody's always saying we need in the pool, it gives them a way to use their huge number of votes the way we want them to. It's a pain for them to divest, right? Pension funds, large fund managers, mm -hmm. they don't want to remove their position entirely. They want their position to become more valuable. And so the way they do that is they put their influence into the boardroom, into their votes, and they try to direct the company in the way that they think it should be. And so you start to look at consumption habits of Gen Z and millennial. I mean, they don't even make purchases if the company's not sustainable, right? I mean, and true, maybe right now they're about 6 to 10% of all purchasing power within the United States. But over the next 15 years, what is it? The largest intergenerational wealth transfer in history is about to occur. They're going to start to account for more of this purchasing power. You're already seeing the companies that are adopting these policies 
benefit tremendously from it. Mm -hmm. And so the other thing to note here is like, there are people within these large companies that need support. They see the vision. They see, hey, this company needs to become more sustainable in X, Y, Z. And either upper management or leadership doesn't listen to them. By providing these votes, by, by, by the shareholders speaking out in support of these people, you actually give them a larger voice. You give them the ability to change things from within. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Now, before I leave you here just for fun, I'll play you some audio from an ad that Fennel made highlighting the importance of these shareholder votes. It's a recreation of the actual word-for-word conversation at a huge public company in its public notes about its board meeting. We've been asked to produce a report into our plastic pollution. But single-use plastics are a key part of our business. Exactly. I advise you to vote no on the proposal. I think we're all in agreement, so let's just vote. But one of our competitors, Box, is committed to making reusable containers. And another major competitor is cutting virgin plastics by 50% by 2025. What's your point? My point is we don't have a virgin plastic goal. It would hurt us financially if we did, so I'm advising you vote now. You know these votes are made public. Anyone can access them. The people may start thinking that we don't care about the environment. But no one will know where to find it unless someone were to, I don't know, take it, make a short video, and put it on social media. Okay, so that last part about the social media video wasn't in the board minutes, but everything else was word for word. And they voted no on reporting plastic pollution, no on reporting antibiotics use, no on reporting lobbying activities and expenditures, and yes, on an 84% pay increase for executives. So I'm just saying, this is where the power is. We can be in the room when this is happening. So why wouldn't we be? Now, there are other companies and movements and even institutions who are offering solutions that let you control your money and its impact. There's, in fact, a really interesting movement happening around changing the options for 401ks. You can read all about those options in this week's Everybody in the Pool newsletter, which you can subscribe to at mollywood.co. And now for one of the regularly occurring segments on this show. Welcome to the Job Board. One of the things I suddenly spend kind of a lot of time on is talking with people who want to pivot their careers into climate, like I did, for example. So if you're one of these people, whether you're just starting out and you're looking for a climate job or you've already made the leap, please email me. The email address is in at everybodyinthepool.com. That's in, as in, I am in the pool. Get it? 
I'm pretty proud of that one. So for this first episode, let's start with someone who said, I've had a nice long career, but this climate thing is kind of a big deal. And you know, it's never too late to go back to school. I'm John Penny. I'm 58 years old. I turned away from a long career in digital media to go to business school to pursue the opportunity to be part of the climate solution and not the problem and hope that we can maintain our world as we know it or even better than it's been over the long term. I worked for many years in Wall Street finance, equity research, and corporate finance. And so those served me very well in the world of media. And I spent many, many years specifically focused with large media companies in premium content, HBO, Stars, and others. But as we hit the COVID pandemic back in 2020 and everything ground to a screeching halt and streaming actually itself exploded in opportunity and value, I had a reckoning and that was that there I was sitting at home and all of a sudden felt like I was almost a marionette. So I said, once this pandemic is over, I'm going to go back to school and learn more about climate science, issues in health and wellness and the like. And through those, as well as learning more about modern business and focusing on an executive MBA at Berkeley Haas, really see if where my interest lies is as impassioned as I think it is. It actually ended up being more impassioning. Berkeley Haas is implementing a class that anybody can take that will give you a basic understanding of climate science and then advanced classes that go deeper and narrower for folks who really want to focus their careers over the long term in mitigating climate change. I've heard the chief sustainability officer of Haas say that 80 to 85% of students at business schools, whether full-time, executive, weekend, even undergrad, want significant exposure to climate. So I see whether it's Berkeley or Harvard or Stanford or Columbia, they all realize that the die is cast on this and they have to give students the opportunity, no matter what age they are, or else they'll be at a disadvantage. We're all part of the climate problem at the same time, and we are all empowered to be part of the solution. So it's this unbelievable duality that we live. On the one side, many of us sort of get almost depressed about the climate problem. On the other side, we have agency to make change, and there there are not that many things like that. For me personally, I think the greatest impact I can have would be working in a corporate venture capital style environment with a major company that truly believes in, you know, the opportunity, not just the need, but the opportunity here to work with portfolio companies to build a suite of climate solutions. So my graduation is really going to be focused on looking for the opportunity to build new technologies within a large scale corporate venture capital context to be simple. And that is it for Everybody in the Pool, Episode 1. Thank you so much for listening and subscribing. I hope you'll tell a friend and leave a review and send me your thoughts and your feedback and your ideas for people to interview. It won't all be startups. 
It'll be a lot of them because I do believe in the energy and innovation of this unique arena. But over the course of the show, I'll also be talking to business leaders, policymakers, everyday people about all of the things that we can do and are doing to find all of the solutions we can as fast as we can. No solution is too big or too small or too unexpected or too obscure and creative because we need them all. Thanks again for listening and see you next week. Thank you.